Good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand. Two nations under God with Indi- uh, two nations under God, quite divided, with liberty and justice for some. Thanks for stopping by. This is going to be a quick show today. My voice is kind of hoarse, as you can hear. And uh, I need to get hit in the road early today. But I did want to hit on the book of Leviticus. Here it is, a religion. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that he created everything. We believe that he sustains everything. We believe that the Bible is true, every word of it. And that is our starting point for life and uh, it's something that, that everyone should subscribe to because it's the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And uh, truth is truth. Either something's true or it's not. And uh, evolution is false. It's a false religion. It is not scientific in any way, shape, or form. They offer it as a scientific theory, but in reality, it's not based on any observable science uh, you can bring outside of these uh, wild estimations and assumptions they make for uh, the idea of carbon dating or uh, argon dating or all these dating methods that really start with the premise, premise of how something old is already. And then they line that up with that. And it's, it's based on a circular reasoning principle that is pathetic, actually. Um, so that doesn't work. But anyway... Uh, the book of Leviticus, we, we got through the book of Genesis, where we looked at creation, we looked at Abraham, we looked, well, we looked at creation, the flood, uh, Noah and his family going through the flood, and then Abraham and his family uh, through Isaac and uh, Jacob, and Jacob becomes Israel, Israel is established in Egypt, they come out of Egypt uh, through the book of Exodus, and now we are in the book of Leviticus, where God gives Israel his law, and if you I'm not going to read through the whole book of Leviticus. I think uh, we there's a good summary in chapter 9 that uh, I just looked at this morning. And it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel and said unto Aaron, Take you a young calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish and offer them before the Lord. And unto the children of Israel you shall speak, saying, Take all of you a kid of the goats for a sin offering, and a calf, and a lamb, both of the first year, without blemish, for a burnt offering, also a bullock, and a ram, for a peace offering, to sacrifice before the Lord, and a food offering mingled with oil, in order uh, today the Lord will appear unto you. And they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that all of you should do. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. And it goes through what, what happens when they do that. But the point is, take all of you a kid of the goats, calf and a lamb, um, without blemish. And they had to, to sacrifice animals basically to cover their own sin. And for whatever reason in God's economy and God's law, blood is required to pay for sin. And uh, 
which is why, you know, this is a precursor to Christ coming and dying for our sins and bleeding his blood on the cross for us and being sacrificed for us. And so it's a, it's a fascinating thing. It's something we should uh, see the representation of in uh, the law of God. And, you know, there's parts of God's law that, that are still applicable today. Um, the moral parts of the law, what they, I guess, say is that the ceremonial parts of the law, the, the part where you have animal sacrifices and some other things that are part of that, um, no longer necessarily apply because Christ took care of that for us, those of us Gentiles who are Christian. Um, the folks, the Israelites, may still argue about some of those things, but irregardless, uh, we see here, when you read through the whole book of Leviticus, there's a lot of things, some of which I don't understand necessarily, and uh, you can find opinions on them. But I, I think the, the best way to look at it is, suffice it to say, God is God, he has his ways, and he's communicating them in a way that is understandable by us. And in this case, in Leviticus, he's communicating them directly to the Israelite people, the descendants of Jacob, the descendants of Israel that came out of Egypt and are going into the promised land. And he's doing this so that they will have a better life, that they will have a productive life, that they will have a life that's filled with uh, really freedom. You know, it's interesting to say that you would have freedom under law. But if you don't have law, you can't have true freedom. It's kind of like you can't really, in my view, you can't really have love without hate. You can't have uh, um, certain situations don't make sense without the opposite being true as well. So um, with that, Leviticus, if you read through the whole book, like I said, it's it's going to be a bit, uh, a bit much to get through but um you can do it and i i suggest if you've never read it it's a it's something you should read and then the next two books because we're going to jump forward to the book of joshua tomorrow but the next two books numbers basically goes through the genealogies of the entire uh, family of israel which is pretty fascinating to look at and how many people actually came out of one man right and four wives right but still um, pretty amazing when you when you think about that. And one of the things I think Numbers does and some of the genealogies do for me is the world could not be a million years old even. There would be so many people on this earth, you, I, you wouldn't be able to fit them all, I don't think. I mean, I don't think God designed this thing to go that long um, and before he redoes the whole thing, but... And the Deuteronomy is basically a confirmation of the law or um, an interpretation of the law and helps people understand the purpose of the law and, and how to walk it out, I think would be the best way to, to say that. So with that, that is the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and that completes the Torah, which... Uh, the Jewish folks call the Torah the first five books in the Bible, the ones that Moses supposedly wrote. I don't know that we know he definitively that he wrote Genesis. I believe that Genesis was, was written before him and passed down. Uh, and maybe he uh, corrected it, put it in, or not corrected it, but, but organized it and put it in uh, a book uh, the way it should be or something. But um, 
So tomorrow we'll start in the book of Joshua where the Israelites are now going to uh, be given the promised land and uh, ordered to go in and, and take it, basically, from people who, uh, from the evolutionists, from the folks that did not uh, worship God, that didn't worship the one true God. And so we see this struggle going on from the foundation of the world, right? Ever since, I should say since the fall in the garden, where the people of Satan, the people of the world, the people that do not want to uh, accept the truth and suppress the truth and unrighteousness will fight against the people of God, the people who have accepted the truth, the people who want truth. And we see that in our day-to-day -day activity today. And that's, let's, let's actually look at that. Um, there's a great contrast, I think, in our the local paper that um, here's a story. It's way back on page seven. Now, to me, this story should be on the front page of every newspaper on the planet. Right here, Denmark scraps COVID restrictions. Okay, we're two years into this thing. February two years ago is when Mike Pence came out and said two weeks to slow the spread. And ever since then, every government on this planet has been trying to uh, circumvent its people's freedoms and liberty in the uh, supposed offering of freedom or supposed offering of safety. And hasn't kept anybody more safe. It hasn't, I doubt it's prevented anybody from really dying that was going to get this disease. But a lot of people did things that they shouldn't have in this thing. And we're still under lockdown in the state of Illinois because we have a dictatorial governor who wants to, who enjoys his power and authority, just like the mayor of Chicago. And, you know, some of these higher density places, maybe it makes sense to um, tell people to wear masks in restaurants. I don't know. I mean, I when I look at the, the things that have been done, what makes the most sense is therapeutics early and uh, often and uh you know, the shot doesn't work. It doesn't prevent anybody from getting this thing. That's what cracks me up. And yet on the front page, Pfizer asks FDA to allow under five COVID shots. Now we're still in an emergency use shot that is not a vaccine. And yet the drug company has the gall to ask to give it to under five-year-olds. For what? It's not going to prevent the spread. It's not going to prevent them from getting it. Five-year-olds do not die from this disease. Neither do 10-year-olds, neither do 15-year-olds, neither do 25-year-olds. But they do die from the shot. And it just, it amazes me, the level of corruption that must be. If approved, doses could be administered as early as March. And of course, the, the Associated Press is completely behind this. Crazy, that is absolute insanity. And in my opinion, satanic to give a under five-year-old kid a shot for COVID that could affect them, affect their entire lives because it changes your genetic structure, people. They get that. This is not a game. These people are, are ruthless, man. <sighs> so with that, um, it just, it, it really makes me sad that our society's come to this, but it has, and so we have to deal with it. Um, and you have the typical uh, nominees 
And, you know, it's a spiritual battle going on here. You got people that, again, do not care what your personal beliefs are. And in fact, if you believe in the one true God, they hate you. They want want you to succumb to evil. They want you to be marginalized. They want you to be chastised. They want you to be laughed at and persecuted. And that's what Satan does. He, for whatever reason, he hates God and hates the people who love God. And so uh, when you look at this world today, think about it from that perspective. There is a spiritual battle going on here of people that are just evil, that want uh, anything for profit. It doesn't matter what the true results are. It doesn't matter what the true facts are. And, uh, you know, that to me is, is satanic in nature. Uh, it doesn't matter what to him apparently what God says what he wants uh, he's going to do just the opposite and try and circumvent the will of God at every every chance he gets so um, with that I'm going to call it a show today we'll be back at the home mic tomorrow and uh, we'll hope to uh, get into the book of Joshua so have a blessed day everybody uh, for those of you in the Midwest and uh, mid I guess south Midwest uh, that are going to get pounded by snow and all that today. Uh, hey, it's it's our turn, right? So I want to try and get, uh, I'm over in Michigan today. I want to try and get back to Illinois in one piece. So have a super day, everybody. Be blessed. Things like me and her on a porch swing, a summer nights and fireflies, and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my.